So, uh, for the instruction this morning, of course, uh, this still uh, holds throughout the retreat. If you're comfortable with the breath or if you're comfortable with any other anchor, please continue with that anyway. But if you want to explore different anchor, then now each day we're going to bring something a little bit different. So today, one of the anchor, which personally I found very useful, is listening meditation. So just listening to the sound of the world. One could say listening to the music of life. And one of, one of the reasons I think it can be useful is because it's a different style of anchor. When we focus on the breath, we're focusing on something internal, and we focus on something we can change in a way. When, uh, I mean, unless we make the sound ourselves, I know you can have a little girl called before did lunch or dinner, but apart from that, generally we don't make much sound internally that we can provoke. And most of the time, the sounds come from outside. And also what is interesting with the sound is that they are unpredictable. We don't know when a bird is going to sing, when a car is going to pass by. So here you have an anchor, which is a little bit outside of our control, so that can be interesting to work with that. Something which generally is not personal, something which is unpredictable, but also it, it's a w much wider anchor. Because in a way, when you cultivate listening, like the breath is a good object because as long as it's there, you're alive, and it's continuously there. It's not going to stop. I hope not. So it's always there in a way. But the sound, I mean, sometimes we listen to the silence. And sometimes you have various sounds. So then it requires a different kind of attention. Not so much a pinpointing attention, but more a wide open attention. And so for me, I feel this practice helps us to cultivate receptivity, opening to the world, opening to the environment. And then we bring the same quality, this caring, this carefulness of just being attentive and just opening to the sound of the world. And then I will connect this with the feeling tone, but let's just stay with the listening meditation now. So when we do this meditation, you could say you can do it specifically in the sense that you just do that, and you just do the listening meditation, like you just can do the watching the breath meditation, or you can actually do it in combination. And that's why what we introduce generally you can complement with each other, <coughs> you can combine. So here you could start with the breath, and then you could move to the sound, for example, and then come back to the breath. Or you could start with the breath and then just add a little bit of listening to the breath, 
to be mindful of the breath. So again, see what works. If it's better to do one thing at a time, is it a good idea for you to combine both in different <coughs> ways? So really to see this retreat as an exploration of practice in different ways. Then I see also the listening meditation and then being a little bit of a training for listening to people, talking, discussion. Because in a way, if we, uh, all what we do here is so that we're training to bring this in daily life. And so this listening meditation helps us to ask, how do I listen? And generally we listen in three ways. One, we wait, we kind of wait slightly impatiently for the person to stop so we can say something much more interesting. <laughs> so you listen one third, one third we you wait for them to stop, and one third you try to remember what you want to say, which is so interesting. <laughs> the second one, you look in the right direction, they talk, and you think of totally something else. <laughs> Shopping list, holiday, whatever. And then when they stop speaking, and they ask, what do you think? You have no idea <laughs> what they said. This is interesting, because your hearing, hopefully, is working. But because you were not mindful, you were not... You see, your function were operative, but there was no consciousness brought to it, no mindfulness, no focus. And then you did not hear it. Or you listen, and then you grasp, and you magnify what they say, which often is not very helpful. And to me, this is really a wonderful practice in daily life. Just listening. The art of meditative, creative listening. Just <coughs> listening. And when we do that, generally, when we, the person stops speaking, we generally respond in, in a way which is so much more creative, wise, compassionate. And often we surprise ourselves because what we say is so relevant, but because we were 100% there, so our creative potential can respond 100% to what is going on. So we also cultivating that when do we're doing the listening meditation. So we can do the listening meditation, you could say focusing in two main ways. One, you could focus more, if you like to have something really open, you could focus more on the space, being aware of the space in which the sound happens. Or, you, if you want to have a little more anchor, you can see how your attention goes to the sound which is the most obvious to you. But you're not like analyzing which one is the most obvious now. No, no. Generally, your attention is more aware of a bird or is more aware of this or that. Generally, I don't know, that's what happens to me, generally my attention is more kind of aware of one of the most prominent sounds. Then that goes. And the next prominent sound, then that goes. So see what works best for you. To have something more spacious or something more precise. And here really this is not a listing exercise. This is not the Olympics of listening. 
how many songs can I listen throughout the day and remember that I have listened to them. No, 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 no. This is not that. This is not analysis, listing. It's just trying to be mindful of that part of our experience. So that's what. And then also with the listening meditation, it's a little easier, I would say, to be aware of that part of the meditation, which is about experiential inquiry. Just to be aware, sounds arise and they go on. Arise and they go on. And maybe to notice how with certain sound, there is this immediate, oops, if this lasts a whole day, like we hear a sound, and we don't know if it's going to last or not. But then there is, mm, if it lasts a whole day, it's going to be like this, going to be like that. So it's kind of interesting with experiential inquiry to see we hear a sound, then slightly being aware of the assumption in terms of the sound. And then being closer to it comes and it goes. Or you could have a sound which continues for a little while and to notice how it changes within itself. So that's what I would encourage you to do today in terms of the practice. And then there is uh, what I talked about yesterday, the tonality of experience. And to, to make sense of it, describing it as pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. And so generally the way, this is a second foundation of mindfulness, mindfulness of Vedana, mindfulness of feeling tone, hedonic tone. And so here, there are different ways you can do this. But generally, when you try to be aware of the tonality of experience, you don't do it in a vague way, just sitting there. Because in a way, at any given moment, you could have six different tonality. You could have a thought which is unpleasant, you could have a sound which is pleasant, or you could have a sensation which is relatively neutral, and so on and so forth. So we, we could have you know, different tonality according to different contact. And so generally what is advised is to connect it either to the breath, but then you would be more with the neutral, the neither tonality, or you can connect it to the sensation. And again, when you're aware of sensation in the body, you can be aware of two types of sensation. Just sensation of contact, the clothes on the body, the head on each other, the buttocks on the cushion, and again, that's more neutral, that's more neither. Or you can be aware of specific sensation, and then you can just notice, hmm, there is this sensation, can I feel a certain tonality? Or we can do it with the sound. That's why I bring the uh, tonality with the sound, because again, here it's a little more obvious that you, you hear a sound, what's the tonality of that content? What is also important to, to notice in terms of the tonality is that you could have six different tonality and they could change, you know, according to the various contact. And at the same time, sometimes, one might predominate. 
who suddenly you might have really, I don't know, you suddenly receive a letter, you have a wonderful news, so you see some words on paper, which makes you very pleasant tonality, and then that could make the whole contact great. And you think, wow, this is fantastic. <coughs> or you could have an unpleasant tonality, again, you, re you get a letter, but it's a bad news or something. And then everything can become unpleasant. Or nothing must be happening, and then it's mostly neutral, neither. So just, there is also that, that thing in general, and that we can notice more in daily life. I think on retreat, I'm not so sure if you can be, uh, how much you can be aware of that when it becomes prominent one way or another. So again, with the tonality, we're not uh, trying to analyze. We're not trying to compile all the different tonality I am experiencing. We also, when I spoke about it yesterday, to make sense of it, I had to kind of mention plus five, minus four, just to give you an idea of the scale. But in terms of the meditation practice, again, I'm not asking you to be sitting there four and a half, <laughs> minus two, not at all. Uh, what I want, because to me, what is beautiful about being aware of the tonality of experience is that it, it helps us to really be more in the experience itself. Because you see, generally, we very quickly uh, have a tendency to comment and associate. So you contact, feeling tone, meaning, commenting, association with past, with future, etc. And in a way it becomes a little abstract. But to me, why am I so interested in the tonalities? Because I feel they're quite subtle. It takes us time to be aware of them. And generally we're aware of them once they have had an effect. This is what was pointing at at the symposium, that in a way, by the time we become aware of the tonality, they have made us react quite fast. So in a way, you could see the tonality as the first place of contact. You have the contact, at the same time there is a tonality. But that quickly often becomes more like a feeling sensation, which can then become an emotion we can then become a disturbing emotion. And then it might be a little difficult to deal with it at that point. And so part of this mindfulness of the feeling tone, of the tonalities, can I see it a little more at the beginning? And, and why am I saying this? It's because with the pleasant, generally, that one, is not too problematic unless we, in a way, grasp at excitement, but that's another story. But often is with the unpleasant feeling too, that over here, this happened, which gave me an unpleasant feeling too, but I don't see it. And then an hour later, I am speaking nastily to somebody who has not done anything to me 
But because of that unpleasant feeling tone then spreading out, and then it, I feel bad, it must be because of somebody. And so what is interesting sometimes is to, oh, actually it's not this person doing something. It's actually this happened, that happened. I had that unpleasant tonality, which then spread in different ways. And that's why it's interesting to kind of be more in tune uh, with that kind of thing. Then, uh, with the tonality, what becomes also interesting is change. That's, that's really interesting to look at. And again, when we are on a retreat, uh, we have a little more opportunity. Uh, possibly not so much when you are sitting, uh, when it's fairly neutral, neither. But as you go about the day, as you eat, as you rest, as you walk, it's interesting to look at, and also in terms of the sound, though I'm aware. The, I mean, in uh, February and April, it's much better sound-wise, because we have all the looks. But in July, we don't have them so much, which is a little bit of a pity. But, so there will be less sound than normal. But for example, what is interesting, you hear a sound. Let's say you hear, like in the morning, we have often have a little bird singing at the moment. So you're sitting there and you hear, tweet, tweet, tweet. And generally it's pleasant. When the sound goes, does the tonality go with it? Or does it continue? That I think is a very interesting thing to look at. Then, uh, when the sound continues, does the tonality remain the same? Does it change? Does it increase? Does it become more neutral? That again is kind of interesting to notice. So when you eat, I mean there you have a great opportunity. Like you know, you're queuing, and then you see everybody with the plate. Mm. That's what we have today. So you know, you see what you see what people have in their plate. And already there is a little tonality, which will influence how much you're going to eat, possibly. I'll take a little more of that, if there is any left. So you go from pleasant to unpleasant, just then. And then you have the food in your plate, and then you, you eat the food, and what's the tonality at the beginning? What's the tonality after you've chewed it? What's the tonality once you left the room and think, hmm, that was a nice meal. I feel, that was not great. <laughs> Just look. And how does that influence how you feel the rest of the day? Does it or not? The, what you ate at lunch? if you go for a good walk or not. So in a way to kind of just explore, for me, this uh, tonality of experience is really to explore the different contact and how the contact, what happened in terms of the conditions, what happened in terms of the change, does it change in how. And so during the walking meditation also, 
there what I would recommend today is as you walk, play a little bit with vision. Because I mean, this is something we have lots of in daily life, vision. Uh, we see people, uh, we see shops, we see beautiful view, we see terrible things, etc., etc. And so to notice, like I walk, so if I am focusing on the sensation, then vision is less important in a way. So it's kind of like the sensation will have more where the tonality is. But then if I focus on what I see, I could just focus briefly, just being aware in a general way of what I see. Then I can play to look at something for five seconds. What's a tonality? If I look at it for 30 seconds, does it make a difference? Does the tonality remain the same? So here again, we're not trying to analyze the tonality, but what, uh, what I really suggest is to experience it, to really <coughs> go inside the experience, not to define it, but actually to just be aware of it, to experience it as such, as an element of our experience which might have uh, a strong impact, which generally we only realize later on. And then, that gets a little more, you could say, uh, developed. You could notice what happened. If I grasp at the tonality, this is me, this is mine, to, hmm, this is relatively pleasant, this is relatively unpleasant. Hmm. How is it changing? So noticing that if we grasp but not at the tonality, if you bring more identification to the tonality, what happens to that? And also one shift which is interesting, though it possibly might be more seen in daily life, is when it changes from pleasant and suddenly it stops. And as the nun said, if you have a pleasant sensation, as long as it's a pleasant tonality, it's pleasant. And when it stops, sometimes instead of just, you could say, reverting to neither, to neutral, it becomes unpleasant just because the pleasant has stopped. The same with the unpleasant. You know, like I sit here and time to time I have a little kind of, you know, unpleasant sensation. But as soon as it stops, I think, oh, great, it's gone. And then I'm aware, hmm, I don't have it. And just the fact that I don't have that unpleasant sensation I had, ah, it's a little pleasant. And then I forgot I don't have it. And then it reverts to neutral. So that, again, also uh, can be useful to explore. So that's what I would, uh, lots of exploration today, but. Don't make it complicated. This is not a PhD thesis. So just take what makes sense to you. You know, just what makes sense, what you can use. I gave you many different ways. Just explore. This is, you, you know, by the end of the day, I'm not expecting the complete understanding from everybody of this. Because this is not easy. It took me a long time to understand, to find a way to work with it, to be aware of it. 
And the same with my uh, group in uh, France. You know, I teach them the first time about this. Months, we months four, and I teach them that. And we have the guided meditation, and it's amazing. They're really kind of, <coughs> at the end of it, they're really there. But then, you know, four weeks later, revolution, rebellion. What does this mean? What's a ritual? Very interesting. You know, it's not obvious. But I think it's a very interesting thing to kind of play with. So you can explore the sound, the listening, <coughs> and to it, if it works, you can bring some of that tonality, mindfulness of tonality. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.